Hi everyone, welcome back to the Understand the Bible podcast. Today in the sermon we're starting a new series on the book of Romans. We're looking at Romans chapter 1 verses 1 to 17 and thinking about how the gospel is not just a vice but is the power of God. So that's the sermon this week. I hope that you enjoy and benefit from it. It's part of the Church with Understand the Bible series and I'm just revamping that and that will be released uh, very soon. So do have a look at the website for more information about that. And uh, there will be more content available on Understand the Bible. I'm just uh, taking a break until I finish the last three of the Firm Foundation series, but that will be coming in a couple of weeks as well. And if you'd like to support Understand the Bible, there are options for doing that too. Do have a look at the link in the description below. Thanks so much everyone, God bless, and I will see you again soon. Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible sermon for the 27th of August 23 with me, Phil Saker. Now, this week we're starting a new series on the book of Romans. To be honest with you, Romans has always been one of those books of the New Testament that I've been a little bit scared of, a bit scared of preaching. Because, you know, you think back to the the 20th century, for example, and you think about uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who spent years at uh, Westminster Chapel in London, going through Romans verse by verse and, and spent years sort of painstakingly preaching through it. And it's kind of acquired a sort of status as being the high point of the New Testament, the high point of theology, you know, a deep, deep waters. And, uh, you know, an ordinary preacher like me can be a little bit scared of it. But that's the wrong attitude to have, because actually Romans is um, a letter that was written to everyone. You know, it was written to the whole church and it was written to encourage us. And it was written to help us understand what it means to live as a Christian. And that's what the, the whole Bible is about, really. But let me read you. A, um, a, an extract from John Stott. Apologise, by the way, for, well, I, I say apologise, I don't really apologise for keeping on quoting John Stott because he's very quotable, but he wrote a little Bible Speaks Today commentary on the Sermon on the Mount and he's also written a Bible Speaks Today commentary on Romans. And um, I think he's very quotable. It's um, helpful to hear what he has to say. So let me just read you his introduction to Romans and uh, this will help whet our appetites for what is to come. Paul's letter to the Romans is a kind of Christian manifesto. To be sure, it is also a letter whose contents were determined by the particular situations in which the Apostle and the Romans found themselves at that time. Nevertheless, it remains a timeless manifesto, a manifesto of freedom through Jesus Christ. It is the fullest, plainest and grandest statement of the Gospel in the New Testament. Its message is not that man was born free and everywhere he is in chains, as Rousseau put it at the beginning of the social contract. It is rather that human beings are born in sin and slavery, but that Jesus Christ came to set us free. For here is unfolded the good news of freedom, freedom from the holy wrath of God upon all ungodliness, freedom from alienation into reconciliation, freedom from the condemnation of God's law, freedom from what Malcolm Muggeridge used to call the dark little dungeon of our own ego, freedom from the fear of death, freedom one day from the decay of the groaning creation into the glorious liberty of God's children, and meanwhile freedom from ethnic conflict in the family of God, and freedom to give ourselves to the loving service of God and others.
Isn't that great? It's a, it's a manifesto of Christian freedom. And I think that that's, that's really helpful to, to think about as we begin. So let me read the passage first. We're going to be looking at the introduction today, which is Romans chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who, as to his earthly life, was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you, from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times, and I pray that now at last by God's will the way may be opened for me to come to you. I long to see you, so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong, that is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I plan many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So Paul begins this letter by, as was customary in those days and customary for Paul, states who he is. He says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. So Paul was an apostle. An apostle just means someone who is sent, in this case sent by God. And he said he's called to be uh, set apart for the gospel of God. So Paul was set apart by God to, to bring this good news, the, the good news of the gospel message to the world. So that is saying in a nutshell, if we want to know what the gospel message is, and I hope we do, then we need to listen to Paul. Paul is the one who is God's messenger through uh, the book of Romans that we are reading now. And he is the one who uh, God has appointed, if you like, uh, along with the other apostles, to, to be the ones to preach and to teach that gospel message. And we are here listening to them today. So what is that gospel message about? 
Well, that's what Paul goes on. He, he goes on to summarise it. So in, in sort of a nutshell, this is what it is. He says it's the gospel that he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So it was promised before in what we now call the Old Testament. That is when God promised the gospel. So it was God's plan. It was God's plan for, for all time to bring about uh, the gospel, to bring about this good news. And it has been fulfilled in Jesus, he says. It's regarding his son. And uh, he talks about how he was a, a descendant of David. He was a human being. And also he was the son of God, appointed at his, uh, his resurrection. We can get into that at another time. Um, that's, uh, that, that's too much to get into just at, just at the moment. So it's the gospel message which God promised in the Old Testament and which has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ, the man and the, the son of God. Uh, that's the, the core of what the gospel message is about. And it is, he says, through him we uh, receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith uh, for his name's sake. So Paul was commissioned particularly as an apostle to the Gentiles. You know, you know that, um, that Christianity began within um, Judaism. You know that all of the first Christians were, were Jews and gradually as uh, time went on, and you can read about that in the book of Acts, that it became clear that God didn't just want Jews to turn to Christ, he wanted everyone to turn to Christ. You know, that the message of Christ was for everyone on earth, not just a particular uh, group of people. And that theme actually comes up quite a bit in the book of Romans, the difference between Jews and Gentiles and how actually in Christ we are, we are one. Um, so again, we won't make too much of that in the introduction, but that's just to flag up uh, what is coming. But he says that the Gentiles are called to the obedience that comes from faith. Now, I think this is critical, a critical part of the gospel message. And it's one which is, I think, often underplayed or overlooked today. The obedience that comes from faith. Now, this is so important that the heart of the gospel message is not we try hard to obey God so God will accept us. A lot of people seem to think that's what the gospel message is, that we just need to try really, really hard to obey God so God will accept us. That's not the gospel message. Now, a lot of other religions preach a message like that. You know, you try really hard and God will accept you. But that's not the Christian gospel message. The gospel message is that we have faith and that faith leads to obedience. We have faith in God and that faith leads to obedience, the obedience that comes from faith. At the time of the Reformation, uh, the, the Roman Catholic Church of the day really couldn't understand this and was saying, well, how can you say that salvation is by faith alone? You know, can't you then say you have faith alone and then go and live however you like? But the point that Paul would, would make is that real faith, real faith, if it is genuine, leads to obedience. That you can't say you have faith and then not have the obedience as well. That's the point here. 
my daughter actually, um, she said something a, a few weeks ago, um, which I think captured this, which is you can tell who's a Christian by the people who act like a Christian. You know, that if someone claims to be Christian but doesn't act with obedience, then we have to call into question uh, whether they're really a Christian or not. And that's really the, the message here, that a true faith will lead to true obedience, but it comes from faith. And that's the message which Paul's going to, to expand for us over the, the rest of this, this letter, the rest of this book. So let's uh, move on to this next uh, section, which is Paul's, well, in my Bible, the heading is Paul's longing to visit Rome. And this is where Paul demonstrates that he has been changed by the gospel. I think he demonstrates actually what he is. He, he practices what he preaches, if you like. You can see his love for the church in Rome shining through. Now, we believe that Paul didn't plant this church. This was not a church that was started by Paul. Uh, it looks like he hadn't been there and visited them before. Uh, but Paul nonetheless had knew about them and he'd heard about them and he, he loved them and, and wanted to see them. And so you can see his, his love kind of shining through in, in what he says. He, uh, he uh, First of all, in verse 8, he says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. So Paul thanks God for them. Now he gives, gives thanks uh, for their faith. And then he, he says, um, verse 9 and 10, uh, God is my witness, how, I constantly, how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. So Paul is, is constantly praying for them. And he, he says now that I pray uh, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. So he prays that he might actually be able to, to finally see them. Um, so again, he shows his love. And um, even in verse 11, it says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. So he wants to, to give to them, but he knows that it's not just a, you know, a one way thing. He goes on to say, that is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. So he wants to give to them and he wants to receive back as well. You know, he wants to, to be mutually encouraged by their faith, recognising that they are equals uh, when it comes to, to Christ. And um, you know, in all of these things, he's demonstrating his love and care and, and compassion for them, isn't he? You know, that it, it's, it seems clear that he really cares about these people. And I, I thought it might be helpful just to, to pause there and think about the way that we relate to other Christians, the way that we relate to others, maybe in our church or, or maybe in other churches as well. You know, do we have Paul's attitude to other other Christians? Do we have that love for them? Now, I've been blessed uh, many, many times over the, the years by people who've shown this kind of love to me, you know, people who've been concerned about me, but not just my circumstances, but my faith. You know, people who've been praying for me, uh, I love it when people say that they're they're praying uh, for me because you know it. I, I believe God answers prayer, and it's a, a really a really wonderful thing, you know, for someone to be praying for you. Perhaps you've had that uh, that experience as well. 
And I think it's interesting that Paul focuses here on their spiritual condition, not on their material needs. You know, Paul focuses on their spiritual, uh, spiritual condition, on their faith, not on their material needs. And that, he knows that that's the most important thing, really, at the end of the day, isn't it? To, to be um, praying for someone in terms of their faith, to give thanks for the faith that God has enabled them to, to show, and to be praying that God would, would bless them. And I think that's a good lesson for us as well. You know, how often do we pray for other people in terms of their faith? Um, certainly for me, it's not nearly enough. But we need to be thinking in those terms, you know, praying that people would grow in faith and uh, in giving thanks for, the, for what we've seen God do in their lives. Um, and perhaps thinking more in terms of if that spiritual side rather than just the material and physical uh, side of their lives. Um, so that's wonderful love that Paul shows. Paul shows that he's really, he's not just telling us the gospel message, but he's, he's showing it as well. You know, Paul is an example, um, not just, a, you know, it's not just words with him, but he practices what he preaches. So in these last couple of verses, and I appreciate there's quite a lot in this passage, and um, I've chosen to skip over. There's a lot of things I could have talked about and gone into more detail about. We've skipped over quite a bit of that. And uh, like I said, some of that will be because we'll come on to it in greater detail as we go through the book. So hold your horses if, if you have any sort of questions. Um, but yeah, the, this last couple of verses, we'll, we'll just finish with this. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. Paul says that the gospel is the power of God, that it's, it's not just words. It is not just words. It's not just advice. Now, if you think about the the words, the, the advice that we're given today. You know, you think about a message like, um, you know, eat healthily, uh, get good, get, you know, good sleep, get regular sleep, um, you know, um, all of those kind of things, get exercise. Now that's, that's good advice and that will help if you follow uh, that advice, of course, but that advice doesn't give you any help in doing it really, does it? You know, you can look up what healthy foods are. You can look up the gym or, or sports or whatever you might be. But, but at the end of the day, it won't help you to actually do it. You need to go and do that yourself. Paul says the gospel message is different. The gospel message is not just words. It's the power of God. The gospel message is what actually changes us. And that's the, the key difference between the gospel message and any other religion or, or anything else that we might hear. It's the gospel message alone that is the power of God. And Paul says, what, what does that look like? He says, verse 17, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Paul says it's the, the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. What does that mean? Well, I think what he means is that 
we can then live in a righteous way by faith. That it's all about living righteously, living, living in accordance with God's ways of love, living in, in holiness, living in, in obedience to God, you know, all of those things. I think that's what it means. And Paul says that it is only through the gospel that we can become righteous. We can't become righteous by other means, like by trying really, really hard to keep the rules. That is, uh, you know, trying really, really hard to keep the rules is what the Pharisees did. And Jesus, as we saw in the Sermon on the Mount, was very critical of them. It's only through the gospel that we can become righteous. And that is only by faith. That's the thing. It's, it's by faith from first to last. That's the whole point, that we can live righteously, but only by faith. And that, in, in a nutshell form, is what Paul is saying. And that's the message that he's going to be explaining to us over uh, the next few weeks as we go through this book of Romans, how we live righteously by faith in God. Now, let's just draw a few threads together as we come to the end of, of um, looking at this passage. What can we say about this introduction to Romans? What can we remember and take into this coming week? I think the first thing is that God calls us to holiness and calls us to obedience. Now that's important to say. You might think, oh, Phil, isn't, isn't that obvious? But actually, I think it's really important to say that today because if you um, look at what a lot of the way that a lot of churches put the gospel message, uh, a lot of churches seem to put it in, in saying, you know, yes, in the Old Testament, things are really hard. You know, you had the Ten Commandments, you had to obey the Ten Commandments. It was really hard. But now Jesus has come. God's relaxed standards. You know, Jesus forgives you. So just live how you like. Basically, God will forgive you of anything unless it's really bad. And, you know, that's all fine. You know, you don't have to worry too much about holiness. Now, that's completely not what Paul is saying. That is completely not the gospel message. Now, as Paul says, we are called to obedience. That's, that is the point. But it's an obedience that comes by faith. So God doesn't drop his standards in Jesus Christ. God actually has higher standards, if you like, um, but it's it, it only comes by faith. And that's the second thing, which is really, really important to understand, that that righteousness, it comes by faith. It comes by faith from first to last. As, as Paul says, that quotation he has at the end of our, our section today, the righteous will live by faith. That's what we do every day. We live by faith. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, it, it means that we, we confess our sins to God. We, we repent of our sins. We confess our sins and we ask for his help to, to forgive us and help us to live a new life following his ways of love. And that's really all that it means. It means that you know, we, we live by faith as we repent of our sins, as we come to him, ask for his help, receive the Holy Spirit to help change us, you know, changing us from the inside out. 
That's what it means to live a life of faith. And that is how we live righteously. You know, not by trying really, really hard to obey the rules, uh, but actually to, to live by faith. And this is the, the main message of, of Romans, I think, you know, particularly uh, as Paul is talking in these early chapters about the gospel, which is that the gospel is all that we have. Now, we don't have any, any righteousness of our own that we can offer to God. But the good thing is the gospel is all that we need. You know, the gospel is the power of God. You know, it's by faith from first to last that we don't need anything else. The gospel, if you have the gospel, you have everything you need to live, uh, to live for God. And, and God will honour that and God will work in us and, and change us and help us. Of course, that I'm sure that that leads to, to all sorts of questions. And those are the questions that we'll be coming on to over the, the coming weeks. So uh, do come back next week as we, we look at this uh, next part of Romans and we'll be working our way through. But it's the good news of the gospel. The gospel is the power of God. Uh, it reveals the righteousness of God and it has the power to change us in a way that, that nothing else can. So let's take a moment to pray as we close and ask for God's help as we seek to put the message of Romans into practice, this message of the gospel. So Heavenly Father, we thank you that the gospel is your power at work and we pray that you would help us to, to live by faith from first to last we pray that you would help us not to rely on our own efforts, but to rely solely on Jesus Christ, to walk by faith, to live by faith every day. And we pray that you would teach us what that means, especially over the next few weeks as we look at this wonderful uh, book of Romans. Please be our teacher, please be our guide, and please help us to grasp this message of the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. We ask this in his name. Amen.